I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, welcome to the next episode of the Challenger Tour podcast. We've uh, we've witnessed the action in in Heilbronn and Zagreb this week, and I'm joined once again by my friend Jakub. Maybe you, you can just we can just start by asking you which of these events you enjoyed more this week. Well, I I was unfortunately very busy this week, so I didn't get to watch as much tennis as I would have liked. But I feel like Zagreb was the more interesting of the two. Um, I mean, first and foremost, you got a point, so. <laughs> I have to I have to give you a round of applause because it was so improbable to me that that you actually won your first point or the first point in history of the competition by picking a qualifier. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> you know, history of the competition sounds like we uh, we've been doing that for for a long time, but actually it was like what five episodes or something. Uh, yeah, I, I, four I think. Yeah, four, four or five. Yeah, it's not shows how unpredictable the challenger tour can be, but yeah, it was it was a qualifier win, but. Sebastian Baez qualifier beat Juan Pablo Varillas, 3-6-6-3-6-1. Just very dominant, uh, especially from, what what was it, like 3-3 in the the second? Seven games in a row. Crazy, crazy game. Uh, How how good do you think the Baez can be? I've talked about him a few times on the pod before, and honestly, I always say that it's a lot. Varias last week because he won in Biela. Uh, it, it, actually, it would have been a great story too had he won because he would have four challenger titles and all of them in back-to-back weeks. Because in 2019 <laughs> wow. he he won Campinas and Santo Domingo, I believe. Uh, that was that was also also a funny story because the year before Christian Garin won uh, won these two in in, in a row. Mm. And he, Garin actually won free, and and you know some people were suggesting that maybe Varias was gonna have a similar rise, but it hasn't happened. But both are gonna be extremely dangerous in Ron Garros qualies now. Varias yeah. pretty much secured the seed, and Baez will be unseeded, but definitely not someone you wanna face there. 
absolutely we, is there anyone else who you who'd like to mention whom you'd like to mention from the draw yeah i mean j just a bit more on the final uh mm -hmm. varias in great form has now reached at least semi-finals at the last four uh, at, at four of the last five tournaments that he's played which is very impressive form um uh bias as you said third challenger title of the year he's now a top 200 player uh beat Idukovic and gomez in qualifying and then ramanathan jumhur martinez varios vera and now varias uh bias is also number three in the challenger race uh with only four tournaments, which is absolutely crazy. I mean, I, I thought Jensen Brooksby being number one with only a couple of tournaments was quite wild. Um, but yeah, Baez also now 3-0 against Varias. But yeah, I mean, talking about other players, we talked about uh, Botik van der Zandtulp, uh last week. He reached the quarterfinals with uh, two pretty good wins over Mo and Tabilo. Um, the guy that I picked to win, Andre Martin, did not win the tournament, didn't even get close. Um, he was very lucky to basically have Jason Jung retire against him in the first round because, uh, yeah, he, he basically, uh, Martin won 2 6, 7 6, and then 4 0 in the third is when Jung retired. And he, 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 he was down a break, I think, uh, quite late in that second set as well, and then lost to Barrios Vera, uh, in three, which not, not really surprised. I'm not really sure what I was thinking, but I wanted to ask you about, uh, Serundolo with quite a weird retirement in the semifinal. So what, what happened there? Uh, actually, not sure. I mean, the, there were all these rain delays and, you know, most of the semifinalists had to play two, day, two, two, day, two days in a row, uh, two matches in a day, I mean. Uh, actually, that was also very impressive from Baez because he was the one, the one who got the, the short stick there and got Barrios who already won his quarters on, on Friday. Thursday was it, uh, because the finals were both finals were on Saturday this week. Uh, so so he actually had to beat an opponent who was very fresh after a very tough match against Martinez. So that's that's all the more impressive. But about Chendola, I I think he was just tired honestly from that from that quarterfinal match. Uh, in in the in the score sheet, I think it was left ankle. But from like three one or four one down, that he was in the in the first set against Varias, he was basically tanking, like mm. you know, just just wasn't wasn't up to play at all. Maybe 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 just got injured somewhere, you know, probably because of the accumulated fatigue. Honestly, he's only nineteen. Obviously, he's only nineteen, but playing playing two matches in a row against competent opponents is is never easy. So I guess that's just. That's just what happened there. We had also the you know the, the, the top seed went out very early, but was it really an upset? Uh, not really, right? With Korea <laughs> yeah. and Terundolo. Uh, we also talked last week about Anton Vidak. Uh, did you manage to catch? <laughs> that, 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 that? I, I didn't manage to watch him, but he lost six love six one um, against Blajarola, which unsurprising. I I I, I do kind of I regret not being able to watch him that day. Yeah. I think I was working when he played. Um, I think but, I had I, him on like an, another screen, and really, yeah. uh, no. as we mentioned, it was a completely yeah. wasted wild card. I mean, do, when you have Dwayne Dukovic and you make him play qualies, but you give a wild card to Anton Vidak, I mean, he has to be some sort of a, a relative to the to the tournament director, <laughs> most likely. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else from 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 Zagreb? Not really. Just a quick mention for the doubles: uh, Evan King and Hunter Rees won the doubles title over Golubev and Nedovyesov. Yeah, 
Golubev and Davisov have, have been pretty great this year, right? I, yeah, I was yeah. looking. I was looking today at their and the records because of uh, because of Mektic Pavic and how dominant they've been on the main tour in doubles. And I thought like, hmm, Golubev and Davisov have to have a, a pretty damn good record too. And actually, it's not that impressive, you know, compared to them. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, Nedovisov N- 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 has been better with Molchanov this year. He, he actually has more points in in, in the in doubles race that I put together, which is only pairs. Put together, yeah, Molchan of Nedovisov are actually higher in that mm-hmm. than Golub of Nedovisov. Are they first? Who's first in that? Uh, first is actually uh, spoiler alert for later, I was going to reveal it later, but it's uh, from this week on, it's Lamons and Withrow oh. after they title in Heilbronn. Uh, they've managed to overtake Galloway and Lawson. Uh, was it Dumbia and Rebel earlier or something like that? Uh, D- Dumbia and Rebel are fourth. They, they, they've been quite good. Uh, two titles, but and the race in in some. Yeah, I, 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 uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I mentioned them like like rising because uh, I think after the first title they they rose quite oh, yeah. quickly. Um, but yeah, number four right now. Sorry, I spoiled your <laughs> your fun facts. Uh, then, then we can maybe switch to Hellbron instantly. Yeah, I I didn't watch this final. I'm going I'm going to be honest. Unfortunately, um, the singles one or or the doubles. The singles. Uh, sing, singles, yeah. Singles. Uh, Zapata Mirayes beat Galan six three six four. It seems kind of routine though. Yeah, I mean, definitely wasn't as great as you would expect from from these two players. I think Galan was very tired from the week he had. I mean just from the second round to the semis it was all drama mm-hmm. and and two and two and a half hours hours plus uh, but honestly he just didn't really have the wheels to 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 to, to stand with Zapata Milaj there in the final kind of a shame but I really like Zapata Milaj's game I mean last year a lot of people were predicting that he would make a top 100 push this year I think it's mostly attributed to the fact that he plays really well both on clay and, and the indoors so you know pretty much eight months of the of the challenger season he's got he's got covered uh, he was trying trying himself out in in many main tour events this year so we haven't really seen him in challengers that much but i'm very i'm very you know, satisfied that he's that he's back doing the uh, back here doing doing again what he did in cordenons last year when he won that his first title against Alcaraz, actually his first round match against Marchenko was pretty bad. Um, we know that Ilya Marchenko isn't a, a fan of clay, to say the <laughs> uh, to say it in a in a, ple- in a pleasant way. He would la- likely team up with Medvedev and Kyrgios to do some sort of a hate clay show. Yeah, but did d- wrap yeah. this. Uh... Oh yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> in this track. With, it is, with it is a kind of a trend <laughs> in tennis right now to, to rap. Yeah. Mutad, Shapovalov. So, so, yeah. That, yeah, I mean, b- back just... in the day, not quite rapping, but Caroline Wozniacki had a song, obviously. Ah, yes. With, with yeah. also. She had yeah. Um... yeah. I can't remember what, what it was. But, but... It was uh, Oxygen was the name of the song. Oh, Jesus. Which one of these is your favorites? Uh, you know, t- t- tennis players, songs. And his player songs. I, I, I quite like, um, th- there's one that's, it, it, it has like Novak Djokovic on it, Ivo Karlovic, and a, and a couple of other of the Serbian guys Whoa. that's called uh, Moja Droga je Tenis. And it kind of has this like, Moja Droga je Tenis, Moja Droga je Tenis, woo, woo, 
Yeah, Ivo Kalovich has a verse on it. I think he's featured on the track. I have to check it out. I I like the cover that Federer has and Dimitrov did of Hard to Say I'm Sorry, I think, by Chicago. Oh yeah, pretty a lot of auto tune, but it was pretty funny. Okay, never never mind the the off topic. Yes, Zapata Miralesh, he's also gonna be probably seated in RG qualies, and it's pretty funny that he's actually never played the qualies at this slam before. And he's actually never even won a single round in slam qualifying. So wow. I would definitely expect him to change that if he, if he keeps up this form. Uh, I love that weird forehand motion that he has. I mean, it's just so unique. Uh, but it's effective and, and it's working great. He was turning defense into offense like crazy against Galan. And yeah, basically, as you said, it was pretty routine. Uh, as far as I remember, Galan had two breakpoints in the opening game. And then he never really had a chance. Like the, after that, it was total control. Uh, would, would, did you manage to catch any of Philippe Kohlschreiber this week? Uh, I, I I didn't get to, but I was going to mention him because it, it was quite an interesting run. He's not had a good year. Uh, the past two years, really, he sort of fell off from yeah, his, you know, in April, in April, right? He was he was. Uh, I think he had some sort of an injury. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, so, so, so ranking-wise, he's fallen off quite a bit. He's outside yeah. the top 100. Uh, but yeah, beat Janvier, beat Nakashima, and then pushed Galan to a third set tiebreak. So a quite successful week for, for Karl Schreiber, considering his previous form. I read a very interesting interview with him uh, done by Florian Herr. He's some sort of, uh, you know, he, he does some work for, for challenger tournaments in Germany. I'm not sure what exactly his position is, but uh he seems very you know he he does a lot of tennis challenger related stuff and he philip Schreiber said that his goal was the olympics but he mm. knows that it's going to be very tough uh, because yeah. he's sort of fighting against hanfman right now and he was actually i mean i used google translate for that i don't know any german so mm -hmm. maybe it was some sort of a context issue but he he said basically something like a Roland Garros quarterfinal would be enough. That's, that's, I mean, that's optimistic. Yeah, I mean, to say the least. He's never reached a quarterfinal there. He, he had one at Wimbledon. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I assume that he was from being... the qualies, right? Uh, no, 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 he doesn't. He's, he's indirectly, I think, from what I saw on uh, live tennis. Ah, because okay, the the lists are made like six weeks, so maybe he was still. I, I'll just check that. You can you can talk about someone else. Yeah, I mean that's ah, that's yeah, quite a while. PR, sorry, yeah, he has a PR. Oh, okay, yeah. So he used the PR to get there. Okay. Yeah, that's that's quite wild to say. I I assume that he was sort of joking a little bit. I assume that he's self-aware like that and not thinking yeah. that he's actually going to make the quarterfinals. Because uh, that, that's a bit ridiculous. He's 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 thirty-seven years old uh coming off of i mean coming off of a good week but i best of five i can't see him going to quarterfinals at Roland Garo, really <laughs> to be honest yeah me neither uh i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here is in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Talking of Nakashima, too, I was was quite impressed with him this week, despite despite that loss. It was a great match, actually. Uh, and uh, I would I would like to point out the the fact that you know a lot of Americans pretty much decide not to play clay. They decide to avoid it, and it's great that he didn't because you know back in like 2019, Nakashima looked terrible on clay. He was just completely lost. Couldn't just couldn't really move at all. He didn't. He never played it, in, and it's so specific, so so unique in terms of in terms of movement, especially. But it's it really, especially also he had Pat Cash as, as his coach, so uh, I I always assumed that he would be driving him off the clay, like like telling him no, don't play on that sluggish surface. But right now, you know, he he kept playing, kept taking these early losses as. Probably just as something that he, that that he it's required of him to to get better, and he's definitely improving rapidly. I mean, he's still not a clay court specialist in any sense, of course, and probably never will be. But if he is to play the main tour, then then clay is like three months of the year. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's 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 very very smart. I would say, like even at this point, he's obviously not a clay specialist. But when it comes to the Americans, he's definitely. Not, not not maybe like among the top three on clay, but but among like the he, he's de- he's definitely higher than his actual ranking amongst mm-hmm. the Americans when it comes yeah. to clay, um, which Tommy is yeah Paul quite is quite impressive. Sure, and right? yeah, Tommy Paul Opelka, uh, <laughs> Opelka and Isner. Yeah, but but but, 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 but when you look least, right? yeah when when you look at the guys like Steve Johnson or yeah. like Dennis Kudla and, and, and guys like that, those, mm-hmm. those he's definitely better than them on clay. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's a very smart investment in this in this future, I think. Yeah, I'm just looking at Philip Schreiber's Ron Garros record. I don't know why I'm doing that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was curious to to whom he lost in these four rounds, and once it was Robredo, and was once uh, Djokovic. So uh, not really something he could have improved. Uh, anyway, yeah. do you see anyone else in the in the headband draw? No, I, I think that we can move on to match of the week and upset of the week, okay. I think. Uh, we, we don't have to mention our picks for Hellbrun, right? How they went. Well, that's just... <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I forgot. I, I actually don't remember who you picked, but I picked Tara Daniel, who you, who lost to who, who lost Dennis Novak in the quarters, which was... It, it was an okay pick. I mean, it, it was, it was yeah, horrible. it was solid. It wasn't well, well, what was yours? Was, wasn't it like Huntman or somebody? Yeah, Huntman. <laughs> Actually, after the first round, I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's he, he, he be a Greek score, yeah, yeah, six zero six four. I mean, Greek score was obviously probably tired from winning the in was it Prague? Well, yeah, Prague, yeah, uh, Prague. And I was like, yes, that's a great peak. Perhaps that's gonna that's gonna go all the way, but it didn't. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. So what about your upset of the week? Uh, upset of the week, uh, I went for Alejandro Tabilo beating Benjamin Bonzi. Really? 6 okay. 4 six, one. I Well, too. I mean, I, bo- 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 Bonzi, obviously, I, I Tabilo is, is more of a. Oh, oh you did too, yeah. yeah. Bonzi, you know, won, what was it, two weeks ago in, in Ostrava. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to lose, I mean, quite easily to, to Tabilo like this what was a bit of a surprise to me. Yeah, for me, it was also the, the not the result, but the extent of the loss. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I just had a lot of 
trouble picking the upset of the week here. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a lot easier when we're going to have five events, right? <laughs> yes. Hopefully somebody will actually be like a real upset. <laughs> I think Manessa's Huntman was also a pretty solid pick here. Mm. I looked at the top seeds, of course, because both top seeds in uh, both in Heilbronn and Zagreb, the top seeds lost very early. But as I mentioned uh, earlier, Korea and Korea defeated, lost, losing to Cherndola is not really an upset and neither is Ote Vesely, right? So yeah. So yeah, I also went for Tabilo Bonzi and also not maybe not just the result because Tabilo is obviously a great clay quarter, but just the, the extent of it. And for match of the week? Match of the week, I went for Bias Varias, which we've already spoken about, but oh, I, I, yeah. I thought it was, it, it, it wasn't very exciting towards the end, but it was, I thought it was quite a good sort of, it, it, it really showed Varias' level at, at the beginning in the first set. It was quite, it was very, very good. And then Bias dominating throughout the second half of the second set and the third set. It was, it was quite interesting to watch, I think. I also went for a Sebastian Baez match, but he's uh, quarter final against Pedro Martinez. Mm -hmm. uh, just for the levels very high throughout, there were a lot of dramatic matches this week, which I thought about going for, but then I decided to go for something that maybe didn't contain as much drama, but just a very good sustained quality throughout. There was also a ridiculous match point, uh, a forehand running, a passing shot on the run from Baez. That's just, maybe that's elevated the match a bit for me too. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and next week we're going to have Oeiras and Biela. Oeiras is obviously a one to five event and Biela is a challenger 50. So no, the field is quite a bit better in Oeiras. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We still don't have any. I'm, I'm still waiting for that because you know, Challenger 50s are for players ranked 151 and under. But there are these two wildcard options uh, for players from 51, 100 to one one wildcard. If but they have to be from the same nationality as the tournament, and uh -huh. one wildcard for a player ranked between 101 to 150, regardless of nationality. But mm -hmm. Uh, it's like what the fourth challenger 50 event or the fifth one and we haven't seen anything like that yet so I'm, I'm still i'm still waiting apparently no one ranked in the top 150 wants to play challenger 50 events well can't, <laughs> can't blame them obviously uh but we actually have a, a guy ranked 167 at the moment right now in this in this event it's also a very good field right yeah sure i mean sh should we start with with bla uh, as you wish I don't yeah know. Biela, it's the sixth tournament in Biela this year uh, already. Uh, as you mentioned, num number 167, it's Paolo Lorenzi, the man, the myth, the legend, uh, as the top seed in Biela. Um, uh, generally, across the across these three tournaments, we have quite a few more Americans who I think are coming in a week before either, you know, two, two weeks before French Open or, or, or a week before they're playing French Open qualies uh, to sort of, you know, just get a tournament in on clay. So that's why we have the likes of Fratangelo, uh, Mitchell Kruger, Ulysses Blanche, Tyson Kwiatkowski, uh, and guys like this. Um, Fratangelo against Chem Ilkel is a very, very interesting first round to me. Um, Chem Ilkel, somebody who should be probably one of the favorites for this tournament uh, based on his, his form this year, quite good. Uh, Tanasi Kokinakis is also in here. Um, always fun to watch, always interesting to watch. Uh, we have a couple of seeds that are on quite big losing streaks. We have 
uh, Enzo Cocon uh, on a seven match losing streak. And then we have Alex Bolt on a six match losing streak playing Napolitano on an, on an 11 match losing streak. Which is... <laughs> yeah, Napolitano has played all the main draws in, in Biela. I believe he's somewhat, somehow related to the tournament director. Like he's getting oh, cards he? for oh. everything of these. And he's still yet to, yet to win a match in Biela. Um, I don't know. I mean, against Bolt, that's probably going to be a shit show. And that's... It's probably going to be the best chance that he's going to get. <laughs> yeah, Here. and yeah. it really influenced my, my my pick for the winner. But before oh. that, I'll also... Oh, actually, that's about Oerash, what I wanted to say. Well, what? What am I talking about? Uh, Flavio Coboli is also here, right? yes, the, yeah. the runner-up to, to Cerundolo at Rome. That's going to be very interesting. I also, uh, you mentioned Fratangelo. I, I, I kind of wanted to mention him uh, when we were talking about Americans on clay, because I remember he was actually pretty good on, on, on norm European clay. Uh, that's going to be his first event in Europe this year, I believe. And it's going to be very interesting to see if he can, he can somehow translate that form from the States to here. Uh, he played a few on green clay this 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 year, right? He in, in Naples twice. He was actually pretty bad, I think, in these ITFs, but then reached that final we were talking about, uh, you know, lost to Brooksby. So uh, that, that's going to be very interesting for me. My very, you know, the, the match I really want to watch from the first round is actually Lamazin Kuzmanov. I believe that's mm. going to be before... Uh, like you know, when you're when the when people are listening to this pod, I think it's gonna be over already. But yeah. that's that's definitely something that I want to catch tomorrow. So who did you pick for for the winner? I went for a big risk here, as I mentioned that first round of Ilkel for Tangelo. I went I went for Chem Ilkel to to okay. win this tournament, which obviously a huge risk when you have somebody who I mean to me is sort of fifty fifty in in their first round. Uh, but yeah, I mean as, as I sort of got through the draw. It, it, he emerged as one of the options. I also had, you know, Kokinakis, uh, Koboli as, as like potential contenders, maybe from the bottom half, because uh, the seeds don't down there don't really excite me much. Uh, but yeah, who, who have you gone for? Uh, I actually before before that, I actually went to check the odds because I was interested when that Ilkel Fratangelo match, and it looks like to the bookies Fratangelo is actually a very substantial favorite. I'm going to go bet right now. <laughs> that's kind of surprising to me. I'm not sure where that's coming from. I mean, Fratangelo had a lot of good clay results in the past, but I guess they're simply trusting that green clay will easily uh, will easily allow him to... But Ilka had some great runs this year. I mean, I don't know. Uh, I'm not convinced. I think if you're... If, if someone listening now, but that's also going to be after the match, I think. So, so no. never mind. <laughs> if you're a betting man and you're listening to that, that match was that match is probably already over. So you're gonna you're gonna be smarter than us. Uh, but maybe you can guess who I went for because I already <laughs> picked him a few times this year. I feel like you once again went for Tanasi Kokinakis. Yes, indeed. <laughs> because it's your uh, third time, I think, right? Going for Kokinakis. Once he lost in the quarters, I think. That was the event yeah. he lost to Gianessi, that, that very dramatic match. And then he withdrew. So, you know, that, that's kind of like a reset because mm -hmm. um, that wasn't a real pig. So I'm going for him well, the second time, actually. And what convinced me was the draw. I mean, playing his Tomin on clay first, then Bolt or Tampolitano. That's 
like automatic wins should be at least if he's healthy mm-hmm. and then you've got viola or miller uh, i mean that's definitely a good draw for him just get some easy matches in to get going and then you know to, to peak me in the latter stages of the week so so i went for kukinakis again and you did for ilkal okay uh is i'm looking if there was anyone in the qualies that was Good mention. Look There's uh, playing, right? Yeah, uh, Misha Zverev is playing once again after he retired the week before. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I was curious if you were going to mention that because <laughs> he won his match very easily today, right? And he and he retired yeah. on like Friday to Dalibor Stina. <laughs> so yeah, I'm not quite happening. sure what what he's doing, but uh, he's doing something. Uh, and then you you know we we have Tim Van Van Eriton, who we talked who we talked about last week, and then. Uh, Echeverri as well. I, th- I, feel, I think he won a round last week as a lucky loser. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so some potential interesting qualifiers, especially when you know um, qualifier versus qualifier, and then potentially Koko or Kamke, which is a pretty good draw for whoever those qualifiers end up being. So yeah, yeah, indeed. And then we've got Weiras, as we mentioned before. That's a pretty one. That's a pretty good draw, right? Six yeah, top one hundred players, is it? I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um. R- right. Right off the top, uh, somebody who jumps out at me is is Carlos Alcaraz, um, who you know has is I think widely regarded as one of the big talents coming up right now. Uh. So it's going to be very interesting to watch him. He has a very nice draw in the first round against Uchiyama, then potentially Nakashima and Hafman in the second round. Um, Yuji Vesely once again a top seed this time with an easier draw as opposed to Otto last week he has a qualifier than Ofner or Delian um, yeah that, that bottom bit uh, bottom quarter seems quite weak to me with Steve Johnson as the second uh, seed a couple of qualifiers in there uh, Dennis Kudla is in there Damir Jumhur, Botik van de Zanschuld and Hugo Gaston so yeah, a very interesting draw. A, a lot of interesting players as well. I'm really curious about the all the Portuguese wildcards. We've seen a great level from Nuno Borges and Castaelgas recently. Not in well from Elias in in, in the Oirash events. Uh, Borges was great also in in Estoril in, in the in the tour level one. Um, maybe João Dominguez not so much, but but I will definitely be looking at Borges and Elias. Uh, I guess we will go to the to the winner picks. I went for someone whom, if he plays the Challenger Tour, I will be going for a lot because I'm an absolutely huge believer in his potential. And you already mentioned him. It's Carlos Alcaraz. Also uh, going for Alcaraz. I'm also okay. going for Alcaraz. <laughs> Once we were very close to getting a point together with Jari at, at Salinas. Yeah, maybe, maybe this week it will happen. Yeah, maybe that's going to happen. I mean... <laughs> I'm honestly not convinced about this pick at all, but... With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Yeah, I mean, th th there's a lot of people who could win this tournament in this draw. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot. <laughs> so uh, some qualifiers, just quickly to mention, uh, we have Emilio Gomez uh, against uh, Oliveira. So another potential Portu Portuguese player in there. Uh, Gulbis or Zizou Bergs is going to be qualifying. And also potentially Alex Molchan as well. So mm -hmm. here's hoping. <laughs> yeah, Molchan should probably defeat Torpegard on clay, I guess. Yeah, it's, on, not, on, it's not on in Ohio. Should, yeah. so. It's not in Ohio. Uh, I'm not, I don't know if you know that uh, trivia bit, but uh, Torpegard no. reached his all his five challenger finals in Ohio, I believe. Maybe it's six. <laughs> what? Yeah, and That's he, he go to college there, right? Um, oh, Ohio yeah, State, yeah. Ohio State, I think. And <laughs> yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy, but he only peaks <laughs> in Ohio pretty much. Uh, and last week we were recording during the last round of qualifying for. I can't remember if it was, I think it was Zagreb. And we mentioned that maybe Zizou Berks is finally going to qualify for a clay challenger. And then he lost that match to Ergi Kirkin, I think. So maybe yeah. tomorrow uh, he's going to win against Gulbis. I mean, uh, e e e either way, whether it's Gulbis or, or Berks, I think that's a very interesting qualifier, whoever wins that match. Yeah, lots of potential, but they haven't really been showing that recently. Yeah. Obviously, in, in case of Berks, only on clay, because because before Clay, he was amazing. And maybe someone interesting to mention who lost already, uh, Gulbis played Daniel Jimeno Traver today, who was playing for the first like, first time since like May 2019 or something. He must but be ancient by now. He's coaching uh, Pedro Martinez. Oh, okay. And he simply, you know, there, was a, there was a spot left in the qualifying, so he signed up as alternate. <laughs> Apparently, he's not been playing much. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, two games that he won. He has to be practicing with with Martinez quite a bit. So oh yeah, was, yeah, most surprised, likely. But apparently, just you know, just just practicing with someone isn't isn't at all, at all relevant at this point because on normally you would expect even at this at this age you would expect him to just give a better fight to Gulbis, I think. Yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, it, it, it's it's usually something that we see more on the ITFs, the coach just randomly mm -hmm. playing yeah. a tournament. Uh, but yeah, I remember it must have it must have been a good couple of years ago. But I think it was um, I think it was a, I think it was a challenger, or or maybe it was an ITF in in Canada. Mm -hmm. And two of the Slovak coaches, former players, Karol Beck and uh, Boris Borgula, played doubles together, and they ended up making the semifinals. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yes. yeah. I, I I I will look for look for that results. That's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, last year it was an ITF 25k in Poznan, and uh, Younes Elinawi came to play with some some French kids. I don't know if it was Kazo or someone. He 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 was coaching some some young Frenchmen, and he came with them. And it turned out that there was a spot left. So he played the qualies at 48 years old, I think. Oh my God. And like he barely lost. I remember uh, the, the guy who, the guy whom he lost to is also like, not, he's not really a professional, like he does something else also. And he was, he, he made like a huge Facebook post about it. Uh, I looked it up. He was just so grateful for the opportunity to play, to play a guy like that. It was pretty pretty crazy. I I wanted to travel to for the match, but I remember I I couldn't for some reason. But it it would have been great to see to see the guy even forty eight years old. I mean, it's still a it's still a living legend, sort of, especially for that Rodic match at the at the Australian Open. Uh, 
Uh, okay, then I guess we're set. Uh, next week you've got Biela, although I rushed Biela again. Yeah, pretty much whenever I don't remember where where the event is this this year, I can just say <laughs> Biela and there. it's like a 50-50 or something. Like what was it? Uh, I think that's gonna be a, the seventeenth episode that I make made uh, that I made. I think so. It's gonna be six out of seventeen with Biela, and we actually have an event in Biela coming very soon. One more, right? I think yeah, it's, two weeks, I think. Yeah, in two weeks. Crazy. Biela is the new is the new capital of tennis, but it's, <laughs> it's okay. If they want to hold in uh, if, uh, this many events in these tough times and everything is without any issues regarding the, the coronavirus, then that's, that's totally fine. Uh, okay, so thanks again for listening and we'll see you in a week. Bye.